0: Good morning, everyone. Yesterday, we had many, many people, not only from St. John, but around Westminster and Carroll County and beyond, who came to our Christmas bazaar, getting some wonderful baked goods, delicious jams, buying Christmas decorations... Christmas gifts, and even this morning, many have brought wonderfully decorated packages and presents for those who are in need of gifts this Christmas from our St. Vincent de Paul society. And in the coming weeks, we're going to be buying more and more presents for family and friends to put under our Christmas trees. But the best gift is one that is unwrapped, right? It's very interesting that at Christmas time, when we all kind of gather around the tree, the kids immediately want to open every single gift and packaging and papers flying everywhere. However, there are some among us, and you know who you are, that when you go to unwrap your gift, it's like wanting to save the wrapping paper for next year. And so you very intricately try to take the tape away and unwrap, stop, just tear it apart. Be brave, it's okay. We can buy more wrapping paper next year. The best gift is not one that stays wrapped but rather there has to be joy in opening it to reveal what's inside. And this Advent season, as John the Baptist calls us and preaches to us about repentance from the Jordan River as he cries out in the desert to repair the way of the Lord, the Christmas present that Jesus wants to unwrap for his birthday is our lives. For us to actually have the courage, the fortitude, and the faith to be able to give him our heart, our mind, and our soul. But there's one problem with that, and that is there's usually a part of our lives that is reserved, a part of our lives that we don't want anybody to see, but that's the part of our life that actually needs repentance, that part of our life that needs to be reordered, but it's not a place that we like to go to, and it's definitely a place that's off-limit to others. During Thanksgiving, how many of us actually either went to a family member or friend's house or we had people come over to ours? Huh? All right. Isn't it interesting that when we go to visit or people come over to our house, there's usually a section of the house That is off-limits to visitors? And why? Because we don't want Aunt Martha or Uncle Jim or Aunt Joan or Grandma Susie to see the messiness of our lives. In fact, the house is messy except for Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, and whenever else we invite the family over. We clean up for everybody else. But during the rest of the year, we kind of, the house is a little bit messy. The kids' toys are over here, clothing is over there, this is that. The coffee table has been dusted in a couple weeks, it's okay. But if the family's coming over, it's DEFCON 2. We get the entire house looking immaculate. But, there's that one area. And why is there that one area? because we don't actually deal with all the clutter and the dirt and the this and the that. We basically just take all the clutter, all the dirt and the messiness of our lives and we just jam-pack it into one room. And then we kind of lock the door, we put police crime tape across it, and if anyone even goes close to that door during Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter, we dive towards them. Because, Lord forbid, if anyone were to go into that room and to be scandalized by the mess that's in there. My friends, Aunt Joan and Uncle Tom and Grandma Martha and everybody else and Sister Susie, that's fine. They don't need to go into that room. But there is a room like that within our own souls. And we have to come to terms with that room. Why? Well, I'll give you an example. Just over the last couple of days, the priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, we received news that Father Michael Carrion, who had been pastor of Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish in Baltimore for almost 20 years, had passed away. And he wasn't planning on it. 68 years old, still young, He was just coming back from a graveside service for one of his parishioners. And on the way back, as he was driving back in the hearse with the funeral director to come back to the parish, the funeral director thought that he had fallen asleep in the hearse. It's been a long day, a lot of ministry happening this time of year, so father fell asleep. When they got back to the parish and the funeral director tried to wake him up, he realized that Father Michael had passed away. Calm, serene, quiet, but died of a heart attack. Father Michael was not planning on meeting the Lord that day after performing his priestly duties at a graveside service in a cemetery for a family in need. And it's not as if the Lord sends us an Evite and says, I plan on meeting you tomorrow at this time. In fact, Advent is a great reminder that whether it's the second coming of Christ at the end of time, or it's the second coming of Christ at the end of our lives, we do not know the day, we do not know the hour, and so we must be prepared. And our excuse is always, I got tomorrow, I got plenty of time to take care of this, I have plenty of time to reconcile with the Lord. I have plenty of time to reconcile with my family. I have plenty of time to get my life in order. But what if Christ came today? Because Christ is going to come at an hour and a time we do not expect. We are just going to be living our lives in an ordinary way, called to extraordinary discipleship, But the Lord is one of surprises and always catches us off guard. In fact, as one would say, Christ's coming at Christmas was basically God sneaking behind enemy lines. His first coming at Christmas, nobody expected that God would make himself manifest and become incarnate and come to us in a tiny little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. And so, the same kind of surprise and awe and wonder of that first Christmas is going to be the same surprise and awe and wonder, and not meeting exactly what our expectations are of what Christ's second coming is going to be. And so, we need to be prepared. Because we might think we have all the time in the world, but we do not know the day and we do not know the hour and we have to be willing to bet our eternal life on Jesus Christ. And so that means that that room that we don't let anybody else see is the most important room that we have to come to terms with this Advent. If we don't do anything else in preparation for Christmas, we have to come to terms with that room. What's in there? Our hurts, our pains, our anxieties, our fears, being unaccepted, our regrets, our sinfulness, Jesus doesn't want to go into the rooms of our lives that are neatly ordered. But rather, he knows that our life is a mess. He knows that our life can get dirty. He knows that our life can get cluttered. That's why we need a Savior. And that's why we need him. And so, my friends, we might be able to fool everybody else when they come over for Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter and the holidays, and we can fool everybody else that our house looks exactly like this all the other days of the year. Jesus knows better. And God so loved the world that he sent his only son that we might not perish, but rather have eternal life. He sent a Savior into the world because our lives are messy. Our lives are sinful. And we need a Savior here and now. So my friends, John the Baptist is crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. May we be prepared whenever Christ may come. May we be prepared for his visitation. Because he sneaks behind enemy lines, he comes to us when we least expect it, and he comes in a way that many times we are not prepared through his love, his mercy, his forgiveness. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And in these days before Christmas, may we take down the police tape May we unlock the door and let the Savior in. Because if we let the Savior into that one room, he promises us our lives will be changed forever. Don't be afraid of messiness. Let the Savior in.